everyone. Welcome to episode 20 of Thomas and the Bible. All right. Good news, bad news today. Good news is that it gets better a little bit. Uh, the bad news is that it doesn't get that much better, and it's still the Bible. But, um, yeah, fuzzy stuff, stupid mic cable. Okay. Uh, if you listened yesterday, which, ah, man, I hope you didn't, um, <laughs> it was just awful. Awful, 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 awful. Um, so the first chapter is still pretty bad. It's sort of just like the other ones, the first chapter for today. But, um, the good news is the last chapter is pretty darn hilarious. So, um, it's pretty great. And by great, I mean horrible and ripe for parody. So we got that to look forward to. Um, so now instead of on chapter 29, now, instead of describing how to build an ark, uh, we're describing how to worship or something else tedious. So there we go. And this is the thing that thou shalt do unto them to hollow them, to minister unto me in the priest's office. Take one young bullock and two rams without blemish and, was that zits or something without blemishes without, I don't know. And unleavened bread and cakes, uh, unleavened tempered with oil and wafers, Unleave. He really doesn't want anything leavened. That's the that's the main thing. That's the key. God doesn't like that. Uh, of wheat and flour shalt thou make them, and thou shalt put them into one basket and bring them in the basket with the bullock and the two rams. Just how I like it. And Aaron and his sons thou shalt bring unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation and shalt wash them with water. So, uh, I know this language is a little uh, hard to understand, plus it's so tedious you probably don't even care to understand it, which I don't blame you. But, um, sort of what's being described in all this, so they they built this tabernacle, which has to be built to amazingly precise specifications, um, and God is, like, going to live in there, sort of, and, like, talk, that's where you talk to God, because um, that makes sense. And uh, then we have this sort of entryway in which anyone who's going to go see God has to has to wash up before they get in there. Um, and this is because of something I don't know. They have to be really clean to be able to talk to God, I guess. And I'm sort of as I'm re- reading this, I'm realizing how telltale this is that it's all man-made. I mean, obviously, these people are just inventing all these things that they would want done if they were God. But if God were real, he created all of everything and is not part of matter or space and time. Why would he care if your hands are dirty when you go into his tabernacle? He created dirt. It's I'm sure he's okay with it. Same with the parts of the animal that uh, we're not supposed to sacrifice. We're not supposed to offer certain parts of the animal to God because they're dirty. Um, but... That's because they're dirty to us. To God, they would all be equally unimportant because he doesn't use them for anything. He doesn't eat or get sick or anything like that. It's just uh, obviously man-made. More on that later. And thou shalt put the mitter... uh, Oh no, I skipped one. And thou shalt take the garments and put upon Aaron the coat and the robe of the ephod and the ephod and the breastplate and the gird uh, him with... And gird him with the curious girdle of the ephod and thou shalt put the mitter upon his head and put the holy crown upon the mitter and thou then thou shalt take the anointing oil and pour it upon his head and anoint him 
and thou shalt bring his sons and put coats upon them, and thou shalt gird them with girdles, Aaron and his sons, and put the bonnets on them. <sighs> and the priest's office shall be theirs for a perpetual statute, and thou shalt consecrate Aaron and his sons. It's, we're getting closer to it being better, I promise, people. And thou shalt cause a bullock to be brought before the tabernacle of the congregation, and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the bullock, and thou shalt kill the bullock before the Lord, and by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And thou shalt take the blood of the bullock, and put it upon the horns of the altar with thy finger, and pour all the blood beside the bottom of the altar. Just as we're going, just imagine... Every sentence gets more stupid because you're imagining that God is telling these people all this. Like, God's finally like, uh, you know, two weeks ago when God started this whole tirade of crap information about exactly how he wants things, he must have been like, all right, guys, here's what I want. I have have a few demands. Uh, Take notes, you know, and he's still going on. He's still going on about all this detail. (sighs) And thou shalt take... All the fat that covereth covereth the inwards, and the caul that is above the liver, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is upon them, and burn them upon the altar. But the flesh of the bullock, and his skin, and his dung, shalt thou burn with the fire without the camp. It is a sin offering. Yeah, so those parts of the animal, I guess, weren't actually created by God, so he hates them or something? You know, it seems a little coincidental that God's view of what is dirty or even what is clean um, is somehow the same as ours. Even though he has no actual need for either of those words. We know now that things aren't inherently, you know, smelly or dirty or even red or yellow or anything like that. It's that we, our brain has evolved to assign certain labels to things that have significance to us. Like if you take the color spectrum... Visible light is just a tiny, tiny percentage of the entire light spectrum, which we happen to be to have evolved to perceive these the colors that we can see. God, though, he doesn't have eyes, so he would have no. I mean, I guess you're saying he's all powerful, but he doesn't really know what we mean when we say red, because he, I guess, would detect every single bit of light at every possible light, wavelength. And it shouldn't really have colors to him because, I mean, or, or he should have infinitely more colors than we do. I, it just, it's all so contradictory and stupid. But I, I bring this up because it talks about how the dung of the animal is sinful and we shouldn't present it to God. Well, it's only dirty. It only it seems to be dirty to us because it's unsanitary. If, if we were a fly or something, it would be, it would be the pleasant, most pleasant thing in the world. It would be the best thing we could offer him. But my point is just that our little human judgments of things shouldn't be relevant at all to God because he doesn't care. He doesn't have he doesn't get sick or have to worry about germs or you know all these little labels we have for things in our brains should mean nothing to him. Thou shalt also take one ram and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the ram and thou shalt slay the ram, and thou shalt take his blood and sprinkle it round about the altar. And thou shalt cut the ram in pieces and wash the inwards of him and his legs and put them unto his pieces, unto his head. This all just sounds disgusting. I'm glad I, didn't, I never had to take part in something like this. 
And thou shalt burn the whole ram upon the altar. It is a burnt offering unto the Lord. It is a sweet savor, again, to us, I guess, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And thou shalt take the other ram, and Aaron and his sons shall put their hands upon the head of the ram. Then thou shalt kill the ram, and take of his blood, and put it upon the tip of the right ear of Aaron, <laughs> not the left one, the right ear, and upon the tip of the right ear of his sons, upon the thumb of their right hand, and upon the great toe, the great toe of their right foot. So the right ear, the right toe, and the right foot. Uh, the right thumb and the right toe of the foot. It's just so arbitrary and stupid. And sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. Some of this stuff you wonder, like, how they even thought of it. But it's sort of impressive in a way. But I guess they had all kinds of time. They couldn't work on the Sabbath, so what else could they do? Just dream up stupid things to do and pretend that God likes. And thou shalt take of the blood that is upon the altar and of the anointing oil and sprinkle it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and upon the garments of his sons with him. And he shall be hallowed and his garments and his sons and his sons' garments with him. Also thou shalt take of the ram of the fat of the rump and the fat that covereth the inwards and the call above the liver and the two kidneys and the fat that is upon them and the right shoulder for it is a ram of consecration. I don't know what any of that means. I don't really care. And one loaf of bread and one cake of oiled bread and one wafer out of the basket of the unleavened bread that is before the Lord. And thou shalt put it all in the hands of Aaron and in the hands of his son and shalt wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. He likes Sometimes he likes a wave offering. It's a, it's a different, you know, change it up a little bit. And thou shalt receive them of their hands and burn them upon the altar for a burnt offering, a sweet savor before the Lord. Uh, it is an offering made by Damn, I just cannot fix this mic cable. Hmm. Uh, it is an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And thou shalt take the breast of the ram of Aaron's consecration and wave it for a wave offering before the Lord. And it shall be thy part. Now, bear with me, guys. Bear with me. It's We're almost done with the horribly stupid descriptive parts. Um, and I'm not really recapping because it's really stupid and not worth it. But uh, I'll recap. If I'm going to make a joke or anything or if, if it's important, I'll, I'll sort of explain it. But they're just describing stupid detail about how they're to make offerings and all this crap. And thou shalt sanctify the breast of the wave offering and the shoulder of the heave offering, which is waved and which is heaved up of the ram of the consecration, even of that which is for Aaron and of that which is for his sons. It just keeps going. God just keeps going with all these directions. And it shall be Aaron's and his sons by a statute forever from the children of Israel. For it is an heave offering, and it shall be an heave offering from the children of Israel of the sacrifice of their peace offerings, even their heave offering unto the Lord. And the holy garments of Aaron shall be his sons after him to be anointed therein and to be consecrated in them. And that son that is priest in his stead shall put them on seven days when he cometh into the tabernacle of the congregation to minister in the holy peace on the holy place. And thou shalt take the ram of the consecration and seethe his flesh in the holy place. And Aaron and his sons shall eat the flesh of the ram and the bread that is in the basket by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. It gets, it really does. Just 
exponentially more ridiculous the more you realize what it's supposed to be. God's still going with all these specific directions. <sighs> and they shall eat those things wherewith the atonement was made to consecrate and to sanctify them. But a stranger shall not eat thereof because they are holy. And if aught of the flesh of the consecrations or of the bread remain in the morning, thou shalt burn the remainder with fire. It shall not be eaten because it is holy. And thus shalt thou do unto Aaron and unto his sons, according to all the things which I have commanded thee, seven days shalt thou consecrate them. And thou shalt offer every day a bullock for a sin offering for atonement. And, excuse me, and thou shalt cleanse the altar when thou hast made an atonement for it, and thou shalt anoint it to sanctify it. Seven days thou shalt make an atonement for the altar and sanctify it, and it shall be an altar most holy. And okay, so in in all this 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 time, no one in the entire world bothered to say, "Hey God, um, why didn't you just make us a wee bit better?" You know, I mean, because they just told them they have to offer, um, they they have to um, sorry, I lost the place. Oh, every day they have to offer a a bullock, which is a bull, I guess. I don't know for uh, for their sin, you know. And I, I, why didn't anyone just say, like, look, I know we're not – you don't have to make us perfect, God, but we really have to offer a bull every day for our sin? How much of that is our fault and how much of that is your fault would be my question. We we might need some of these bulls. Can't you just um, – I don't know. Can't you, like, tweak a knob or something and just make everyone a little bit better so that we're not – I mean, it's all under your control, right? I mean, can't it's, – because it's, it sounds like you're just absolutely horrified by us, God. I think that – Maybe you shouldn't have made us that way, but anyway, that's what I would have thought. Seven days thou shalt make an atonement for the altar and sanctify it, and it shall be an altar most holy. Whatsoever toucheth the altar shall be holy. Now this is that which thou shalt offer upon the altar, two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. The one lamb thou shalt offer in the morning, and the other lamb thou shalt offer at even. It's like that sublime song. Offer two lambs in the morning. Offer two lambs in the even. Offer two lambs in the afternoon. And with the one lamb, a tenth deal of flour mingled with the fourth part of an hin of beaten oil and the fourth part of an hin of wine for a drink offering. Almost done, guys. Almost done. And the other lamb thou shalt offer at even, and shalt do thereto according to the meat offering of the morning, and according to the drink offering thereof for sweet savor, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. This shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, where I will meet you to speak there unto thee. And there I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. And I will sanctify the tabernacle of the con congregation and the altar. I will sanctify also both Aaron and his sons to minister to me in the priest's office. And I will dwell among the children of Israel and will be their God. For they shall know that I am the Lord their God that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt. That I may dwell among them. I am the Lord their God. And <sighs> sorry, that was a long chapter. A long, worthless, terrible, horrible, stupid, idiot chapter. And I'm sorry to have to put you through that. It's getting a little better, though. It's going to get a little better. Chapter 30. 
<sighs> and thou shalt make an altar to burn incense upon. Of shittim wood, he goes on, he goes on, he keeps going. Of shittim wood shalt thou make it. A cubit shall be the length thereof, and a cubit shall be the breadth thereof. Four square shall it be, and two cubits shall be the height thereof. The horns thereof shall be the same. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold, the top thereof and the sides thereof round. Why is God at all impressed by gold, would be my question. I mean, does he does he not have a lot of gold up in heaven, or does he not, I mean, does he need it? Okay, and I gotta admit, in the back of my mind, I think what people would would say to all this, what religious people might say is, well, God wants us to do these things because they're hard for us and they're important and valuable to us. So it's a sign of sacrifice or devotion or something like that that they might say. But, I mean, if God has absolutely no use for it, which he shouldn't, and furthermore, he shouldn't care what we are at all if he's a perfect being. He shouldn't want, he can't want anything. But disregarding that for a minute, um, he has absolutely no need for this gold and all that. So if he were real, man, couldn't, couldn't, there would be an infinite number of more valuable things and productive things that he could have directed them to do. Like, I don't know, science or learning or philosophy or, or just work really hard to be good to everyone and be good people. Um, and God should know since he's God who's devout without some superficial sign like a gold, altar with horns and all this crap <sighs> no not a real god and two golden rings shalt thou make to it under the crown of it by the two corners thereof upon the two sides it shall of it shall thou make it and they shall be for places for the staves to bear it withal and thou shalt make the staves of shittim wood and overlay them with gold and thou shalt put it before the veil that is by the ark of the testimony, before the mercy seat uh, that is over the testimony, where I will meet with thee. Almost done, I promise. We're getting close. This is a shorter chapter, and then there's a really short one, and then better stuff starts happening. And Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning. When he dresseth the lamps, he shall burn incense upon it. And when Aaron lighteth the lamps at even, he shall burn incense upon it, a perpetual incense before the Lord, uh, throughout your generations. Ye shall offer no strange incense thereon, nor burnt sacrifice, nor meat offering, neither shall ye pour drink offering thereon. And Aaron shall make an atonement upon the horns of it once a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonements. Once in the year shall he make atonements upon it throughout your generations. It is most holy unto the Lord. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, when thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then they shall give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord, when thou numberest them, that there be no plague among them when thou numberest them. This they... Okay, what, what chapter am I even on now? Uh, see, 30, okay, yeah. This they shall give every one that passeth among them that are numbered half a shekel, after the shekel of the sanctuary, a shekel is 20 geras, in parentheses it says, and half a shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. Everyone that passeth among them that are numbered from 20 years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord. The rich shall not give more, and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel. 
when they give an offering unto the Lord to make atonement for your souls. Interesting. That is not very convenient for the poor. The rich aren't allowed to give more than a shekel. uh, Oh, half a shekel. And the poor can't give less than half a shekel. Also, how is this money getting to God, by the way? Are we FedExing it or UPS or what? Oh, also, uh, while we're on that subject, what does God need with money? Is he a little low? Um, You know? Oh, what's that? Oh, oh, we humans need it in order to continue the church and to serve God, you say? Oh, okay. Oh, well, that makes sense. Wait, but how exactly do I know that? What's that? Oh, because you told me that's what God said to do. Oh, okay. Hey, but what if God decides uh, you guys have enough money and we don't need to offer you anymore? Or, I don't know, the rate tax rate goes down or something? Um, oh, you'll let me know? Oh, okay. Wow, that's a really great foolproof system. I'd say there's zero chance of corruption or anything like that. And thou shalt take the atonement money of the children of... <laughs> atonement money, yeah. And shalt appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation, that it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before the Lord, to make an atonement for your souls. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Thou shalt also make a laver of brass, and his foot also of brass, to wash withal. And thou shalt put it between the tabernacle of the congregation and the altar, and thou shalt put water therein. For Aaron and his sons will wash their hands and their feet thereat. When they go into the tabernacle of the congregation, they shall wash with water that they die not. Uh, <laughs> or when they come near the altar to minister to burn offering made by fire unto the Lord. I love that. Wash, okay, it said, wash with water that they die not. So God kills them if they haven't washed their hands, I guess. I love how it states it matter-of-factly, like, oh, yeah, um, oh, also, make sure to wash your hands and feet uh, so that you aren't murdered. Oh, okay, gotcha. (laughs) Stupid. So they shall wash their hands and their feet that they die not, and they... That's the same sentence again. I didn't, that, I didn't, you know, that's a different verse, same sentence. You know, if I was as douchey as the authors of the Bible, wherever there's a repeat verse like that, I just repeat my joke too. Just be like, uh uh-huh, so, uh, that they die not. Wow. So God kills them if they want, like I just say, if, then think about how much content I would have. But no, I'm not like that. Rise above. Um, and it shall be a statute forever to them, even to him and to his seed throughout their generations. Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh five hundred shekels, and of sweet cinnamon half so much, even two hundred and fifty shekels, and of sweet calamus two hundred and fifty shekels, and of cassia five hundred shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of oil, of oil, olive, and hin. And thou shalt make of it an holy ointment. Because God has a holy sore knee, I guess. An ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be an holy appoint, anointing oil. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle of the congregation therewith, and the ark of the testimony. And the table and all his vessels and the candlestick and his vessels and the altar of incense. And the altar of burnt offering with all his vessels and the laver and his foot. 
And thou shalt sanctify them, that they may be most holy. Whatsoever toucheth them shall be holy. Almost done, I promise, almost done. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons, and consecrate them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be an holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. Upon man's flesh shall it not be poured. Neither shall ye make any other like it after the composition of it. It is holy and shall be holy unto you. Whatsoever, uh, whosoever, whosoever compoundeth any like it, or whosoever putteth any of it upon a stranger, shall even be cut off from his people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Take unto these sweet spices, Stacti and Onicha and Galbanum, these sweet spices with pure frankincense, of each there shall be a like weight. And thou shalt make it a perfume, a confection after the art of the apothecary, tempered together pure and holy, and thou shalt beat some of it very small, and put it put of it before the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation, where I will meet with thee. It shall be unto you most holy. And as for the perfume which thou shalt make, ye shall not make to yourselves according to the composition thereof. It shall be unto thee holy for the Lord. Whosoever make like unto that to smell thereto shall even be cut off from his people. End of that chapter. Okay. Gets much better after this, I promise. Uh, so let's go on to the next chapter, and it's just a short little one, but then after that, some real awesome, stupid crap starts happening, so it'll be fun. Alrighty. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called, see, Senor, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, and the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom and in understanding, and in knowledge, and of all manner of worksmanship, to devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass, and in cutting of stones to set them, and in carving of timber to work all in manner of workmanship. So what's happened here is that God miraculously gave all this knowledge of craftsmanship to someone named uh, Bezalel of the tribe of Judah. Um, and I think he did this because after God... Stop talking for, I guess, a brief second. Moses must have said, uh, hey, God. Yeah. Uh, you know, all that stuff you just described for, for like the last three days straight with all that, you know, craftsmanship and, and fine detailing and construct, all that stuff. Two things. First off, I already, <laughs> I already forgot most of it. Second off, um, none of us have any freaking idea how to do any of that. So, uh, what, what should we do about that? And then that's why God had to miraculously, instruct a person or imbue them with knowledge of how to do this. So that's what's happening here. And I, behold, I have given with him Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach of the tribe of Dan. And in the hearts of all that are the wise hearted, I have put wisdom that they may make all that I have commanded thee, the tabernacle of the congregation and the ark of the testimony and the mercy of the seat that is thereupon and all the furniture of the tabernacle, and the table and his furniture, and the pure candlestick with all his furniture, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all his furniture, and the laver and his foot, and the cloth of services, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his son to minister in the priest's office, and the anointing oil, then sweet incense for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded thee, they shall do it. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, 
Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Ye shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is holy unto you. Every one that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that the that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wow, so you heard it here first, folks. Um, if you work on the Sabbath day, you uh, are to be put to death. Great God you guys have here. Great God. Oh, but that's the old law and it's not in effect anymore. Oh, great. That, that's good. Why the F did it ever need to be in effect? Why was that ever the law? That, it's, that doesn't cut it. That should never have been a law that you die if you happen to do some work on the seventh day. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's not in effect anymore. It's, it's fine. Like, why, why did he come up with that in the beginning? Gosh, dumb. Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. Uh, almost done with this short chapter, by the way. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And he gave unto Moses, when he had made an end of communing with him upon Mount Sinai, two tables of testimony, tables of stone written with the finger of God. All right, that's the end of that chapter, and uh, good. We have plenty of time left to, to talk about this stupid, stupid, crazy last chapter. It's going to be fun. going to be a real treat. All right, guys, I have to say, this chapter is one of the most amazing pieces of comedy ever unintentionally written. If I haven't already convinced you that there's absolutely no reason why these should be the chosen people of God, get ready. Uh... This is the famous Golden Calf. Chapter 32. I love it. So good. It's just what we needed. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down of the mount, out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together upon Aaron, uh, unto Aaron and said unto him, Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that hath brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. <laughs> I could easily already stop and make fun of this, but I think I'll wait just a quick sec and uh, get the rest of the story going here. And Aaron said unto them, Break off golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives and your sons and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings, which were in their ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool after he had made it a molten calf. And they said, These be thy gods. O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast of the Lord. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Okay. So, uh, what's happened here is that they've... Aaron has... They, the people go grumble, grumble, and they start worrying about Moses being gone. And they say, we need a god. Man, I really need a god to worship. And so Aaron makes a god, a, molt, a calf out of gold. And uh, they worship it, and they say, uh, oh, this is these are the gods. 
um, which I guess it's more than one. They say, these be thy gods. I don't really get it. Which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. And, and they start worshiping it and they, they're, they build an altar and there's a feast and, and all that. So I would say that this is proof of at least two things. First off, as I said, I've already said, there's nothing special about God's so-called chosen people. And uh, you, you think there should be. If, he's, if they're God's chosen people, there better be something good about them. Um, well, I guess you could count uh, unbelievable stupidity as something special, at least. Uh, but we should really, really hope that all this was made up. Other these, otherwise, these people are just mind-bogglingly stupid, yet chosen by God. So let's get this straight. These people were just led out of Egypt where they were slaves by Moses. They were led out by Moses and God, who was directly talking to them. And they witnessed God perform no fewer than 10 horrible plagues, which resulted in the deaths of millions of their Egyptian enemies. And Moses leaves them alone for five minutes. And, oh, you know what? I, I gotta, I gotta say too, there were a couple times when they needed water and they grumbled and uh, Moses went to God and there was water. So, after all this, Moses leaves them alone for five minutes, and they say, Man, this guy is taking forever uh, talking to the all-powerful God we've witnessed uh, do incredible things for us. You know what? Ah, I'm, I'm getting sick of it. Let's just make our own God out of melted jewelry, and we'll just worship that. And they even proclaim that, and the quote, the line is, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Really? Whew, wow. So the second thing it proves is that uh, Moses' God is man-made. And you might say, how does this prove that? Um, but think about it. This little episode is evidence that these people are supremely unskeptical. They erect a golden calf knowing they just made it and are worshiping it, declaring that it was responsible for leading them out of Egypt. Keep in mind, Aaron was the one who did this too. Aaron was is directly involved in creating this uh, thing and, and doing this. This is the same Aaron who was supposedly the voice of God, who had direct contact with the real, quote-unquote, real God. Yet he's leading the idiot brigade here. What, what he's saying in so many years is, huh, well, uh, did I say so many years? Or I meant to say so many words is, uh, well, Moses invented a god who we were going to worship, and the people who uh, dealt. Oh, I'm sorry, I lost track of what I was. What I, was re... I have my notes here, and I'm reading them horribly. Basically, what 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 Aaron is saying by doing this, uh, by by building this uh, calf god, is he's saying Moses invented a god who we were going to worship and say, let us out of Egypt, but oh, he's taken forever at it. So um, why don't we just invent our own God down here and uh, the people, you know, we can worship this. And, and then uh, when Moses gets down, we'll just say, yeah, we made one ourselves. It's cool. If even the people who dealt personally with the quote unquote real God, like Aaron, don't believe in him, that's a good sign that there is no quote unquote real God. And since this all shows how easily people accept a fake God, a manifestly fake God, it becomes infinitely more likely that all this crap was just made up than that it actually happened. But, of course, we already knew that. <sighs> all right, moving on. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. 
They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I have commanded them. They have made them a molten calf, and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore, let me alone that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. And Moses besought the Lord his God, and said, Lord, why doth thou wax, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and with an almighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out to slay them into the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath and repent of this evil against thy people. So, God says, look what your people have done. I'm going to freaking kill them, and I'm going to make, I'm just going to whip up a new people, a better people for you. Hold on a sec, Moses. And Moses says, no, don't do that. Uh, first of all, they're your chosen people. And second of all, what would Egypt think? Egypt would say, oh, that God just let them out there to kill them. So I guess those are the two reasons Moses use, uses to convince him. And then he says, remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, they, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and saidest unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. Your words, God, not mine, he says. And the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. <laughs> oh, gosh, that is the single stupidest sentence ever typed, ever. So, uh, just like if you remember the Abraham and the Sodomite situation, uh, God has to be talked down. God's getting a little emotional. He's getting a little too passionate. You know, he just cares too damn much. He's going to kill everybody. Um, but Moses has to sort of talk him down and, and speak some sense to God. Uh, let's reread verse 14 and uh, think about this. Not one word or phrase of this verse could possibly make any sense with an all-powerful, timeless God. And the Lord repented, repented of the evil, evil. He, he, so he's, so he, first of all, he's capable of repenting. He's capable of making mistakes. So he's not all powerful. Uh, any, he's, he's been talked down by a man. So he's been corrected by this man. So he's no better than men. And, uh, he was about to do evil. So God is not the embodiment of good. He apparently can do evil. So he's subject to the laws of good and evil. He didn't invent them. Um, so we don't really need God. We just want good and evil. Why God would be secondary to that if he's secondary to good and evil anyway. So he's just some sort of dictator that's trying to, you know. Uh, and the Lord, okay, so we've gotten, and the Lord repented of the evil. None of that makes any sense so far. Which he thought, thought? Uh, to do unto his people. So thought he was he was going to do something. God was timeless. God was going to do something, and then he decided not to after being talked down by Moses. None of these things make any sense. Why doesn't anybody understand this? My favorite thing too. I uh, this is something else I'm going to write about, so I'm not going to get too into it. But people say, "Well, we don't take this part literally." Really? You don't take it literally? Then what do you take it? Figuratively? Take take literally means you just disregard it. It's a euphemism for that. Take literally. Uh, I don't take this part literally. 
is a euphemism for I'm not going to listen to any of this because it's stupid. Um, because if it was figurative, you'd still have to take the message from it, which is God's an idiot. It being literal or figurative doesn't fix that. God's still an idiot if he's speaking figuratively this way or whatever. So that's ridiculous. All right. And Moses turned and went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both their sides, on the one side and on the other were they written. Yeah, that's what both their sides means. And the tables were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God graven upon the tables. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, There's noise of a war in the camp. And he said, It is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither is it the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that that sing do I hear. And it came to pass, as soon as he came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast the tables out of his hands and brake them beneath the mount. So Moses got a little mad and broke God's tablets because he saw how stupid all these idiot people were. And he took the calf, which they had made, and burnt it in the fire and ground it into a powder. Well, which? Which did he do? Did he, did he melt it or did he grind it? And strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel drink of it. And Moses said unto Aaron, what did this people do unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? So Moses is giving Aaron the benefit of the doubt and say, saying, Aaron, what did they do to you to make you do this, idiot? And Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. For they said unto me, Make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what is become of him. So, um... <laughs> So Aaron is a complete piece of garbage. He pretty much directed all this, if you remembered. Um, he And he definitely made no attempt. If you remember, what happened was the people went, oh, man, this is taking forever. And Aaron said, oh, okay, give me all your jewelry and I'll make a god and we'll worship it. And he built an altar and he said, we're going to have a feast. So Aaron was pretty much the ringleader. But then when Moses comes down, Aaron says, uh, well, uh, you know, these people, they're just uh, aimed at mischief. What can I say? <laughs> Idiot. And this, again, this is the guy who talked to God, personally talked to the real God. Yeah. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me, and I cast it in the fire, and there came out this calf. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I just... uh... And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith the God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And there fell of the people that day about 3,000 men. And for once, I don't, you know... Again, these are lives that were lost. Um, these idiots kind of had it coming in a certain way. I mean, if all this was true and the God was real, but they decided to just disregard it, um, that's pretty stupid. Not that anyone should die for that, but that's pretty darn stupid. People have died for a lot less, that's for sure. For Moses had said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, even every man upon his son and upon his brother, 
that he may bestow upon you a blessing this day. And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, Ye have sinned a great sin, and now I will go up unto the Lord. Peradventure I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin, and have made them gods of gold. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin, and if not, blot me, I pray thee, out of the book which thou hast written. So Moses goes to God and pretty much says, Ah, oh, man, this is terrible. Uh, I don't know what to say. And the Lord says unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. So uh, the Lord's writing a book, his memoirs, I guess. And he's going to blot him out. Therefore now go lead the people unto the place which I have spoken unto thee. Behold, mine angel shall go before thee. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. And the Lord plagued the people because they had made the calf which Aaron made. So he gave them pestilence or some sort of plague or something. So that's that. All right, I'm glad we had a good podcast. That's the end of a fourth week, ladies and gents. Um, pretty cool. We are, what, I guess a twelfth-ish of the way there? If, uh, no, let's see. We're at one-thirteenth of the way there, actually. So uh, it's been great so far, and uh, it's it's getting a little little rough to keep it up, but um, I do have fun doing this, so I, I ex- expect to keep it up. But it would be great to hear from you, so comments at thomasinthebible.com or go to the crappy website and write a crappy comment. Or I still would love you guys to review it on iTunes. That'd be nice. Um, So thanks a lot, and I'll see you next time.